you will, take your prayer card out at this time because we're going to use that. But my text is going to be Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And once I get started, then we're going to follow some points there. Uh, as you see on how to pray uh, for Central Baptist Church, we'll be following that. So we'll get started here after I read the text, and I'll take off on it. I'll get up to a gust of 80 mile an hour as I'm going, okay? So we'll get through here. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. We read this, not everyone. Now notice, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now that makes you ask the question, what is his will? <laughs> okay, I want to go to heaven when I die. Well, his will is found in 2 Peter 3, 9, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his will. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, is the way that starts. His promises are always good. But his long-suffering to us word gives you a chance. Not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But he wants all to come to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray now as we get into this message today that it will be exactly what you wanted said this day to your people. So thank you for the opportunity to preach your word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Most often, unless I have a guest speaker, on Wednesday nights I'll give our people a list of something to pray for. We, for example, we prayed for our vacation Bible school. And I gave them some specific things to pray for. And you say, well, why, why do you do that? Well, let, let's just think about that. Jesus and John the Baptist as well taught their disciples how to pray. See, so often... You say, oh man, pray for the preacher, or pray for the revival meeting, or pray for this, or pray for that. And we'll say, Lord, bless the preacher. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Lord, bless the revival meeting. What does that mean? If, if you call somebody up, a preacher, someone else to come up and pray for a loved one that's in the hospital, and it looks like it's a touch and go, they may die. They're not sure yet. You go up there to pray for them? Bless them, Lord. Amen. Of course not. Be specific. And we should be specific in all of our prayers. And that's what this is for. That's why we had it laminated. So you would always have it. You can carry it in your Bible. And pray. And pray on a daily basis, if you would, for these people. I think of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Well, we read this. Matter of fact, verse 1 and 2 is in your bulletin under family responsibilities. So I'm going to read the first four verses instead. He says, I exhort. Now, when he says exhort, that means I strongly urge you. Okay. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Not any of those is one is more important than the other. They're all important there or they wouldn't be there. Be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet 
and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now, don't you think if God says something is very good and acceptable to Him, that that's something we ought to do? I mean, how could I say I'm a good Christian and I don't pray for my leaders, I don't pray for others, I don't pray for uh, people? How could I say I'm a good Christian? See, the Bible tells us very plainly. All we've got to do is do what He said. And it says in the fourth verse of that, after saying, uh, uh, for this good and acceptable in sight of God our Savior, and he says this thing, this is God, this is God's will again, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. All men. But since we were created in His image, remember, God is a spirit, and His spirit is a spirit of free will. And he gives you the free will to decide to receive him or to reject him. That decision is up to you. But on his part, he wants you to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants you to be saved. So let me just ask you a question before we get started. Do you know that if you die today that heaven's your home? Can you give a biblical reason why you know that if you died today that heaven would be your home. You can avoid that question now, but one day you won't. But then it may be too late. Law enforcement is a part of that verse for kings and all that are in authority. And so, I want you to know that when the badge was pinned on them, they were given that authority. They are in authority over us. Let me give you, for instance, that probably won't happen. Donald Trump is one of the richest men in the world. But if he's going 40 in a 30 mile an hour speed zone, an officer is over him when he pulls him over. Might not be the smartest thing he ever did, but it, he's, he is over him when he pulls him over. Okay? That is uh, just an example that no matter who you are, no matter what you have, authority is that that's over us. Law enforcement is over us, but it's over us in, for one reason. It's over us because... We are a free republic, and as a free republic, we're not governed by a majority, we're governed by law. As a matter of fact, any politician, I don't care whether it's the president, whether it's a representative in Congress, whether it's a state level, local level, they are servants of the people. They are to be those that are not over us in that respect. They, this is a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And it is governed by laws. And I'm thankful because that U.S. Constitution was founded upon this blessed word 
of God. Now let's take our card out because this is going to be the outline for this message. And on the first part where you see number one, praying for all law enforcement. So I'm going to go through this and try to go through it a little more quickly than I normally would. Pray for each law enforcement officer that he or she will be kept safe in each official act they must confront. Pray that God would keep them safe from those who would try to physically harm or kill them in each situation. It's unfortunate that we read of officers sitting in a cruiser and somebody coming up, they're just doing work and shoots them. And yet they're sitting there as protection for everybody else, ready to run to the help. Let me give you an example. Out on Highway 200, there's a statue at one of the substations of Brian Leitz. Officer Leitz was killed in the line of duty, but let me tell you how that happened. Two weeks before he was killed, my son, the time wasn't sergeant, and he wasn't the public information officer. He was on the beat, too. He got a call when he was working that area. It's called a wellness check. He went out, checked on it. The man answered the door. He says, your, your children from up north have called, and they haven't heard from you, and they want to make sure you're all right. He said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I should have contacted them. And he thanked them for coming out. Just, just really a nice guy. Senior citizen. A nice guy. Two weeks later, same phone call came in from the same address. Officer Leitz went out there, knocked on the door. He got shot and killed by the same man. Was he right mentally? Probably not. Officers, when they went out there to back that up, and he's going to start shooting at them, they had to take his life. But let me tell you the sadness of it. Officer Leitz's boy, a little guy, a little child, was going to OCA at the time. That day, he lost his daddy. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. And so, in praying, realize that is something these guys face every day. Look at number two. And on number two we see, pray for their families to be protected as well as their homes. Now, let me tell you why I say that, why I've said that specifically. If one of these guys, they drive their cruiser home, they see police on it, there are people to come by and try to knock out windows and damage that car. Some see if that's his home, they'll go by and shoot at the home. Vandalize. At times, 
If others in the neighborhood finds out their kids lives there, that kid's liable to get in trouble, get hurt. Pray for the safety of the entire family. Praying for all that are in authority in all the areas for which they need prayer. Number three, pray for each officer to be wise and professional in their duties as well as in all confrontations with the public. Pray that they would always act within the law, even to the letter of the law, as they protect others and even others who break the law, keeping all safe. Pray that they will always be aware of their surroundings and proceed according to protocol. Now we've had this happen in our county and city. So let me say this, we've had officers who have been dismissed for bad things. They did wrong. I can tell you this, 99% of all officers, whether it's sheriffs, police, or any other law enforcement, when there's a bad one, they want him taken care of right away. They want him out of there. Now, I say 99%, I feel ashamed. You say, why? Because when I look at preachers across this land, they don't come near 99%. Who have broken what they have in so many ways, whether it's having their fingers in the till, morally, and other things. And so, yes, can there, be a, there can be a bad husband, there can be a bad wife, there can be a bad child, there can be a bad parent, there can be a bad grandparent. That doesn't mean every parent, every grandparent, every child, everyone is bad. Okay? So don't make a decision on that because somebody did something wrong. Those departments don't like it either that they did wrong and they do something about it. Okay, turn your page. We're doing pretty good here. We've gone one, two, three. All right, and now number four, but I'm going to skip number four. I'm going to go down to number five. Oh boy, he's not going to preach the whole one. <clears throat> Think again. All right. Pray that the public will be very supportive of law enforcement and that those who seek to harm, defund, or bring down law enforcement will be exposed and rejected for their unbiblical stand. And it's an immoral stand. And it needs to be revealed not only they, but those that stand behind it with the money that supports that. Look, as I said, we are a nation of laws. We're not a democracy. Now, they call us a democracy, but we're actually a free republic. A democracy will destroy that. And here's what happens. You defund law enforcement. You take away guns. 
Why would they want to take away guns? Well, you know what? People get shot with guns. You know, more people get killed with a knife than they do with guns every year in America. And I would say more people get killed with cars every more, uh, uh, every day in America than they do with guns. So evidently, we need to take away all knives and all cars. I mean, I'm losing, using their logic. Because they are worse than guns. And they think it's terrible when somebody's breaking down your door, comes storming in to hurt you or your family, and you shoot them. They want to make you the bad guy. Now, folks, there's a reason government wants, or there are those, not all government, there are those that want to take your guns and those who want to defund police. It's so that we have a military police state. Now, if you think that's a good thing, let me tell you something. Go to Russia, go to China, go to Venezuela, and anytime you see a protest over there, see what happens to those people. See what happens to people that are gathered in a church setting like we are today and just preaching Jesus Christ. And they're carried off, they're beaten. That still happens in China, by the way. Though, for whatever reason, the media just doesn't report that. You know what I'd like to see with media? I really would. They attack various politicians, whether they're conservative or, or liberal, although they don't quite hit the liberals like they do the conservatives. But rather, whatever they are, they attack them. I think it would be good that they would start revealing everything about the past of each reporter. Who is he to say anything when he's this way or she's this way? You know, if you revealed that, I think it would stop a lot of the false reporting that goes on. However, we're praying for these people to be protected, and we're praying for these things, and there's a biblical reason that we pray for it, as we're told here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we get to verse 4, and number 4 here, should I say, on your card. And so I want to hit that for right now. So as I look at that, we go back to our text, but in Matthew chapter 7, I want to read verses 13 and 14 first. For there it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Destruction is speaking of hell, the eternal torment of a soul forever in hell, where there's no escape, where there's no ceasing to exist. One goes there, who does not receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's why I pray that each officer will know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Pray for each family member to also know Christ as Savior. Pray that their relationship with the Lord will be one of faithful, a faithful walk with and obedient to God in faith so that they may have power in their daily life and be able to pray with power for God's protection on their own family. Now, our folks here that are, uh, have heard me say this on several occasions in, in this auditorium, 
People sometimes will call us to come pray for a child, pray for a dad or mother. Somebody's dying in the hospital, but it's your child. The doctor comes out and says, the only thing that will save this child now is prayer. We've done all that we can. My question is, do you have power with God that he would hear you? I don't know if I do or not. I'd call the preacher. But you see, God didn't give the preacher the responsibility for your children. He gave it to you. Do you have power of God that when that loved one of yours needs that prayer, would you have power with God? Better examine yourselves, as 2 Corinthians 13 says, to see whether you're in the faith. So he says, Again, in verse 13, enter into the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and, and broad is the way that leads unto destruction. And many, not few, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, that is eternity with the Lord in heaven. Few there be that find it that actually gets saved. Now let me say this before I go further, because we'll go down to verse 21, which is our text. Not, don't, don't think of Central Baptist Church in this way. Central Baptist Church won't get anybody into heaven. Oh, that's a member there. Yeah, it won't get you into heaven. Getting baptized in this baptistry does not get you into heaven. Being a Catholic, being a Methodist, being a Charismatic, being a Hindu, being a Mormon, being a Muslim, being a Jehovah Witness, and any other group is not the way of salvation. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, not just some men, no man, not even most men, no man comes unto me, unto God, but, but through me, but by Christ. No man comes unto the Father, he says, but by me. That's the only way. It's the only way. And so, knowing that that is the only way, make sure you know what that way is. In John, uh, well, let's go to Matthew first, and then I'll go on to John. But Matthew 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Many, there's that word again, will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? I mean, sounds good, doesn't it? And in thy name, I have cast out devils. And in thy name, I've done many wonderful works. What are they doing? Are they trusting Jesus Christ for their salvation? No, they're trusting their good works. That's what they're trusting. Even if they're, well, I preached. Listen, me being a preacher is not going to get me to heaven. You may say, yeah, I've heard you preach. Uh, but that's not going to get you to heaven. You've got to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. You see, he said in the next verse, in verse 23, and then will I profess unto them, 
I never knew you. Not that I used to know you, but you've lost your salvation. No, I never knew you. You see, you never came to Christ as Lord and Savior. You might have said words of a prayer that people said, pray this prayer and you're all right. Pray this prayer and you can never lose it. And they were pray people who did not have any idea what the Bible's talking about. So let me share these verses with you. First of all, in John chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. When he, that is Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. That sounds pretty great, doesn't it? They believed in his name. Now, what was Christ's reaction to them? But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. You see, he knew what was in their heart. They weren't turning to him as their Lord and Savior. It wasn't a repentance. No, they still, I'm in charge, but now, you know what? God's my good luck piece. Hey, I said these words, listen. Saying a prayer to ask the Lord to save you is not, okay, you got the right words, hocus pocus, you got in. No, you're giving your heart to Christ. He's in charge. You're coming to him. That's what salvation is about. Acts chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Verse 5, same chapter. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now for Jesus, within three verses, to repeat that twice, that must be important. It must be important. In Acts 3, 19, we read this. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the Lord. That is, when that time when he comes and he calls up his own, you better have repented. You better have converted to him. In Acts 17, 30 and 31, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commandeth, this is what God commands, okay? This is what God, not me. Now God commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. Why can I believe in Jesus Christ? Because he actually rose from the dead bodily not someone over him saying i send you arise no he rose from the dead romans 10 9 it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus lord speaks of the deity of jesus christ he was god a spirit that dwelt in eternity past but he came to this earth for a purpose the name jesus was his human name the Lord Jesus, he let the glories of heaven to come to die for our sin. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Now if you're going to believe with your heart, you're believing, you're trusting him with your life. 
You know, I can go out and get on an airplane. If I have a fear of flying, they can prove to me that airplane will fly you. We've got the world's best pilot. This is the best plane. This is the best thing. And you see all the videos. They show you everything about it. And it is all 100% true. You get on the plane. You don't walk down the aisle and get up there to the pilot and say, now look, I'm here. What can I do for you to help you fly this plane? You've never flown before. You're scared to death of it. He said, yeah, the best thing you can do is go back there, strap yourself in, and stay seated. Let me do the work. Let me do it. And so what do you do? When you got on, you trusted him with your life. That is repentance from fear of the airplane to trust in the pilot. There's an old hymn, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. Trusting him. Trusting him. And he takes you to where he's flying. You don't go up there with a map and say, no, man, you're going the wrong way. You need to go over here. I don't like the way you're flying this thing. Now, you need to lower, go down. Slow down a little bit. What's wrong with you? You can't do anything like that. The pilot knows what he's doing. He's got the experience. He's rated number one in the world. You just trust him. The only one, you might say number one in all eternity, is Jesus Christ that can save you. You say, preacher, guess what? I'm a sinner. The Bible says he became sin for us. You know what that means? He took every sin you ever have or ever will commit, no matter how low it is. We got in the Bible, lady involved in witchcraft, we've got murderers, we've got thieves, we've got others, homosexuals, all kind of sexual sin, all kind of evil. And it says, such were some of you there in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Why? Because they were cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. They were saved by his work on the cross, his death, his burial, and resurrection. And that was the work. You don't do the work. He does the work. What you do is just like a wedding. Just like a wedding. Look, I've done plenty of weddings. I even got married here. So I got married in this auditorium, and then, then I've performed all kinds of weddings in this auditorium. But every time... Just about every time we have a rehearsal the night before. Say exactly the same words every time in rehearsal that we're going to say in the ceremony. There's one difference. When they walk out, the man goes one way and the woman goes another way in a rehearsal. But in the wedding, they walk out together till death do us part. The good thing about till death do us part with Jesus Christ He'll never leave you nor forsake thee. And our Lord never dies. So my friend, if you're coming to Jesus, you're coming to him. He's the head. You're in submission. But he's a loving head. Submit yourself to him. Are there hard times in life? Oh yeah. Do you fail? Oh yeah. But every time you fail, every time you mess up, if you'll let him, he'll lift you up. He'll forgive. He forgives. He forgives. There's not one person under the sound of my voice today that's beyond the saving power of Jesus Christ. 
And there is absolutely no one in this auditorium Not one person in this auditorium that will be able to escape being before God one day. If you're not sure you died today, that heaven's your home. One day they're going to bury you and your family will say goodbye. Guess what? Jesus saved me. I never saved myself. But my family got saved too. One day when I die, they're not going to say goodbye. They'll say, I'll see you later. Will your family see you later? Do you know if you die today that heaven's your home? If not, I want to give you that opportunity. Let's bow our heads, please.